This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to episode number eight of Double Tap for Saturday, the 10th of September 2022. It is the weekend, and that means it's time to talk to Mark Aflalo. And guess what Hello. we're going to talk about today? <laughs> You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Hey, Mark, how are you today? I'm good. I'm dancing to the music, dancing to the music. I'm dancing I'm to the music. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I always, too. I forgot to make reference to this last time as uh, you're counting show numbers. That's a dangerous game. I know, isn't that it? That is a dangerous game. This is not I'm curious work. when you're going to lose count. <laughs> Probably tomorrow. Uh, in fact, yeah, this is episode tomorrow. number 522. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I, I don't think it matters. I think we should just make a number up every single time. Don't you? We, we should, should that would be up. more fun. That would be a lot more fun. Like, the this 550 is <laughs> That's you know, this just me. makes it easier for people to pool and figure out when will they no longer be allowed to count shows or when are they being canceled? Yes. Uh, I think it's going to be around <laughs> show number 364. <laughs> that, that would be a great pool, wouldn't it? That's a, is, is that going on in the AMI office right now? Is there a pool for, you know, when the show will end? They're just going to stick a number on it? This is why I don't go into the office, because I'm too scared <laughs> to see if there's a board somewhere that says Stephen Scott, Mark Flalo expiry. <laughs> yes, that is not good. That is not good. Uh, listen, it's been a very weird week over here in the UK, obviously, yeah, with the news of, of the passing of the Queen. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting. What's, what's the news been like in Canada? Is it like here? Because over here, like, there's no TV. Everything's off. So you just have endless documentaries and stories and news. That's all it is about the Queen. Uh, on the on the BBC, uh, there is a rule at this point in time where no comedy must be shown. There's no comedy okay. allowed on the BBC. I have to say, if you watch the BBC, you won't find much comedy most of the time. But I was going to say, if you, <laughs> but you're really not going to find it right now. Uh, I'm guessing TV just continues in Canada. Have you guys moved on? I mean, there's, there's no particular rules in terms of what they're doing, but there's a lot of, obviously, tributes going on and people mm. talking about the Queen and her life. Uh, you know, every channel, every second channel you went to last night seemed to be some kind of in memoriam uh, going on for the Queen. Uh, so it, that was interesting. And a lot of, I mean, I guess today is now the articles are all about uh, what happens next. You know, how does yep. Charles really become king? When are they going to do a coronation and all this stuff? Like, what, you know, what's going to happen in terms of lying in state and all, all that stuff that goes along with it? It's, you know, this is an interesting an interesting thing when, when something like this happens, kind of like when there's royal weddings and other worldly events that are very uncommon is that the world kind of gets together and, and forgets about everything else that might be going on and focuses their attention, some in grief, some in curiosity, some in just kind of wonder to see this this kind of thing that happens that's not normally, you know, it happens every how often. I mean, we, we haven't seen anything, you know, like like this in terms of uh, her, her majesty dying in, in over 70 years, right? Yeah. So this is interesting. It's one of these things that in our lifetime, at least in our lifetime, you know, this is the only time we'll probably see this, uh, something like this happen. So my wife actually you, brought up something last night. She's like, this is the last time you're going to hear them sing God Save the Queen. Yeah, I'm that's like, right. Yeah, you're right. Because if you think about the bloodline, it's mm -hmm. boy, boy, boy. You know, it's uh, we're not going to see in our lifetime anyway. We're not going to see a, another another queen, another queen who's actually in royal in the, on the royal bloodline. So very interesting. Learning a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I think the last thing back, the last time I, I remember something being quite so, so shocking and also quite so instant, uh, actually, in the news was, uh, of course, nine eleven. But prior to that, in terms of the royal family, uh, Princess Diana and the death of yeah. Diana in, in nineteen ninety seven, yeah. and that was um, that was a quite a moment in time as well, and really just I think shook the nation, but also brought people together, and it's doing that. Uh, no, which maybe we need some of that. Maybe that's maybe that's the legacy yeah, of this. Be. It's not a bad thing. Uh, speaking of bringing us together, uh, Apple events oh. always do that. Um, and uh, <laughs> we are. I, wanna, I wanted to mention one thing though. I wanted to, I wanted to sorry to interrupt yes. you, but uh, you and Sean, you did something really funny. Uh, not funny, but it, it was interesting on 
on on Double Tap yesterday. Uh, we're on Saturday now, so yesterday's Friday was. was you, you talked about how the tech companies are are mm, reacting to this yeah. stuff. We posted this on our social media channels, so go check that out at Double Tap on air. It was just very interesting to see the contrast. You know, Apple is very good at this, very good at reacting in terms of just very simple somber that you go to you demonstrated. Okay, you go from Apple, which really no mention of pre-orders or anything. Suddenly you go to the Amazon page and it's like in memoriam Queen Elizabeth II here buy some headphones. So in my, in my case, very, earplugs. Um, it was yeah, the, earplugs. Was the thing, yeah, right? earplugs. So, well, and, that's and, because and it's listening to windows. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. My wife doesn't want to listen to me best of times, especially when I'm snoring through the night and also when I'm talking here. Um, I think she pairs them then as well. Anyway, uh, we are joined by a special guest today. We're not doing this Ooh, alone. Well, I guess. Um, yes, we are. We've got a special guest joining us, a regular uh, contributor to AMI. Uh, you'll know the voice, of course. This is Michael Babcock who's joining us. Now, Michael, whereabouts are you in the world? I am on the beautiful Oregon coast, at least that's what they tell me. And I'm glad to know <laughs> that it's not only my wife that refuses to listen to me. I mean, uh, that, that that has to hear me too much and says, <laughs> I'm not going to listen to that podcast content. I hear you already all day. My wife says this to me yeah. all the time. She says, I'm not listening to you. She, I, I say to her all the time, I'm like, you'd like this show, right? We're, we're, uh-huh. My wife and I are both visually impaired. In fact, we're a whole visually impaired family. Even the dogs get cataracts. So, you know, everything <laughs> in our family is, is visually impaired. You know, I was, I sat down at the table on Sunday, last Sunday, and I had, I just had an idea for something, okay? I brought my computer down and my wife was, was doing something in the kitchen and I sat down and I'm like, oh, let me get this idea out. And I was watching and playing back some video of Sean. And, and Stephen doing something, and she's like, do I really have to listen to this all the time? It's bad enough I hear it every day, and then you're watching the shows at night, and I'm like, enough. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll leave the room now. Uh, so, yeah, that, that didn't end well, but we, we, we've managed to get through the week, so we're good now. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's talk about the big news, and that is the Apple event, of course, that took yeah. place uh, on Wednesday last week. Wednesday, kind of unusual, right? Um but yeah, it happened, and uh, we have got out of it iPhones, uh, new Apple Watches, and AirPods Pro 2. And we're going to talk about that over the course of the hour. And I know we spoke about this with Sean over the past couple of days, but I wanted you guys to come in on this and get your take on it. Uh, so, you know, let's let's do that. Let's dive right in, and, and let's start with iPhones. So, Mark, Michael, I'm going to throw it to you, because I want to know your Uh-oh. take. I've, I've said a lot this week about the iPhones and my feelings, but I want to know what you two think. So... Uh, Mark, if you uh, want to go first and tell us your thoughts then on the iPhone lineup for the iPhone 14. Okay, well, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you've recapped it all week, but we'll recap it again. We've got obviously four new iPhones here. We've got the 14 um, iPhone 14, the 14 plus 6.1 inch, 6.7 inch. These use the A15 Bionic chip. They, nice phone. It's same design as what we were used to in terms of the the 13 with the notch at the top, which is something that really kind of struck me because they only brought this new pill cutout to the 14 Pro and the Pro Max lineup. I thought they would do it across the board. In doing this, it almost makes you seem like the 14 and the 14 Plus are kind of like the, like the you know, oh, we've got stock left over. Let's just upgrade a couple of things and keep it going. But it was interesting. But my biggest, my biggest, biggest takeaway, other than the fact that the amount of leaks were actually very low this year, um, was how Apple took that cutout that they had to put in that phone, in that screen, obviously for sensors and cameras, and how they turned that into an incredibly new, diverse user interface. You know, people see these these leaks and they're like, oh, great, it's going to be, that's where the camera's going to be. But the fact that they took that a step further and made that part of the notification UI and just part of the, the user interface across the board really was kind of that one one more thing to me. It was like something, oh my God, no one expected this. And how cool is that? How do you even, how someone even takes, has the moment to think and sit there and go, okay, we're going to take this notch and, and we're going to move it down here to this pill, but let's do something with it. And what they came up with, I think is absolutely cool in that, what, what do they call it? The, the island? The, uh, the dynamic island. Dynamic, dynamic island. island. The dynamic island. That That's probably the biggest, my biggest takeaway <laughs> From, from this week's event, other than the fact that people are spending way too much attention talking about the fact that you have to hold your, your phone up to the sky to get satellite. <laughs> I don't I don't get I don't get why that's a, I'm not trapped in mountains very often. I'm not often in plane crashes, knock on wood. Um, other than playing with the feature, I can't possibly think of a, of a use case for me or a regular person. So to spend money and put that hardware in a phone that we all now have to pay for seems interesting. Mm, Okay. What do you think, Michael? So, 
So for me, I'm curious how accessibility is going to be implemented with the dynamic island. Yeah. Uh, of course, we won't know until the phones are delivered. And is that going to be faster for a voiceover user than just flicking up with three fingers to be able to access a control center? Because that's what, that's what it sounds like it is, is a quick access to control center. Though I did find out that Apple can add uh, dynamic content to the dynamic island that allows you to interact with it. I was trying to figure out a way to throw another dynamic there. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm interested by that. The other thing is, is there's a stretch of road where we live between here and Costco, that it, which is a very important destination, that is about 30 minutes of no cell phone service. And I've been really? talking to my wife. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the Oregon coast. And I've been talking to my wife about getting into amateur radio, which, of course, there's a test here in the U.S. that you have to do. And, you know, it's, it's a whole drawn out thing. But it would be a great security backup if there was something to happen in that stretch of, of road. And that made me think of, of another place that the satellite emergency connections, yeah, it's great if you're out in the woods or if you're up in the mountain, but it also still can be great if you're on the road and something happens and you don't have a way to get in contact with people. That's you know you know what you bring up an interesting point and it brings uh, you know years ago back when cell phone coverage wasn't really great uh, I was probably still on a BlackBerry I remember driving down from from Montreal where I live down to Albany New York it's about a three hour drive and I remember that we were I, I was on the verge of lo- like the car was going to be on the side of the road I, there was no gas left I was I was rubbing the car saying please just get me to a gas station <laughs> and I realized I had no cell phone coverage I had no radio reception I had nothing so I I would have been stuck. With absolutely no, I mean, I would have been walking on the side of the road at midnight trying to find somebody to just bring me somewhere to get gas. And that would not have been a good situation. And something like this would have come in handy in in a situation right. like that. So, you know, it's not only the people hiking. I take it back. Yeah. There is a use case here that maybe I can maybe I can benefit from down the road. Um, let's, um, let's, get, let's get actually some detail here from Apple themselves on how this feature actually works and how this, this all operates. Because, of course, as we all know, you know, uh, using satellite technology involves that big rubber phone with the big rubber aerial sticking at the top of it, and you've got to hold it a certain way, and all that anymore. stuff. How do you, yeah, exactly. How do you do that with an iPhone? Well, they explained this at the event. We designed and built custom components and specific software so that iPhone 14 antennas can connect to a satellite's unique frequencies. That connection is only possible when the phone is pointing directly at a satellite. However, satellites fly too high to be seen by the human eye. So we created a unique user experience that shows you where to point your phone to establish a connection and stay connected as the satellite moves. This way, no bulky antenna is needed. Once connected, you need to send and receive enough information to get emergency help. Standard messaging protocols are not designed for satellites' limited bandwidth, so we created a custom short text compression algorithm to reduce the average size of messages by a factor of three. A message is sent. Thanks to this algorithm, it can take less than 15 seconds to send a message if you have a clear view of the sky. In other conditions, such as light foliage, it may take a few minutes. And since each message can take some time, we knew a standard back and forth conversation would take far too long for an emergency situation. We worked with emergency experts to surface the questions they're most likely to ask, and we provided the most common responses for you to choose from with just a few taps. With fewer messages to write and send, you can get help quicker. After your message is relayed to a ground station, it needs to reach the right emergency service provider. If that emergency service provider accepts text messages, we will connect you to them directly. If they only accept voice calls, we have set up relay centers, staffed with highly trained emergency specialists ready to get your text and call an emergency service provider on your behalf. So who are these people that are staffing these centers? I'm intrigued by this, how, how all that works. They've just got a network of people. It's now like Alarm Central, right? It's like your Alarm Central station, I guess. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. some kind of emergency services. You know, there's got to be a lot of money that's that's involved in setting something like this up. I can't yeah. imagine. And this is why, you know, some of the fine print says, you know, available free for the first two years. After that, yeah, who knows how this is going to affect the cost. $100 a month. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. You know, they talk about satellites being so far away that you can't you can't actually see them. You know, I, I argue that point. Maybe you should call Elon <laughs> Musk and actually partner with a company that's actually bringing low, lower Earth orbit mm. satellites, and maybe you'd actually be able to make phone calls, which is something they are they are working on. 
Okay, uh, Michael, let's talk about the iPhone 14 Pro. Uh, because and, and actually, one of the interesting things about that satellite announcement is that it was on the 14s. I thought that would be yeah. a Pro-only feature. Not the case, but anything in the Pros that stand out for you? Not re- So I'm on a 12. Uh, and so right now, to me, the Pro, I, I want other people like, Stephen or other people who have more money than I do to jump on and go buy it and give us your thoughts with voiceover really before I, I explore it. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Stephen's bank accounts. Yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> it's all on credit okay, cards, so, but just don't so, tell so Mrs. Scott. So people like Stephen using credit cards to go by the phone <laughs> uh, would be good to, to know because I am curious how, again, this dynamic island works with, with voiceover. Uh, I... They did not bring LiDAR down to the main 14s, which is what a lot of people thought would happen. Uh, I am a little disappointed in that, but that might actually push me to use the Pro line, especially if door detection works as well as it should in iOS 16. Mark, thoughts? You're going to get yourself Um, a Pro? uh, I've already ordered myself a Pro Max. I've ordered myself a regular (laughs) iPhone 14. I've ordered myself the AirPods Pro and the and the Watch Ultra. I, I always, you know what? I always go for the Pro Max. It's it's the camera. It's the camera that sells it for me. Mm. You know, and they constantly improve that. And that's my point and shoot. That's what I'm capturing my family memories with, and, and the hundreds of thousands of photos I've got in my <laughs> library. So for for me, it's it's a no brainer. It's definitely something that that I invest in because of that. And plus, I've got you know kids in the house now that are, are of cell phone age, so I need to do this hand me down loop. My son gets angry at me when he has a. a you know, his phone is not new enough for him. This is what I have to deal with now. You know, not crayons. It's it's, it's, it's phones. I think it's interesting how Apple went with the 14 and 14 Plus and then 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. I argued with someone and said they're not Pro Maxes anymore. They're Plus and Plus or Pro Pluses. And then I was corrected. So Yeah, because they're all the same size. 6.1 inch, 6.7 inch. Yep. Each model, right? Yeah, but you know what? We're starting to see some. Pros. We're starting to see some uniformity here, though. We're starting to. It's being a, le- a little bit less scattered and a little bit less all over the place. We now have two sizes that make sense. Are, is the screen technology the same on the pro and the uh, on the pro and the regular? I don't think so, right? It's it's a little bit. It's a brighter screen, up to sixteen hundred nits or two thousand nits on the mm. on the pro max versus the the regular. I got to look at the stats side by side, but. Uh, we're at least seeing uniformity in the, in the visual look of the phones. Does does always on display mean anything to either of you? Because for me, I just tap my phone and it's on. So it's like it's always on. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And especially if you live with screen curtain, right? Um, where you yeah. have the screen completely blank. It makes no difference whether it's on or not. In fact, actually, the interesting thing about the Apple Watch when it came out with that always on display is that when you turned screen curtain on, it actually did, didn't respect it at all. So you had to turn always on display off in order to turn your screen off, right? That was the only gotcha. way you could get it to work, which was kind of weird. Uh, now, you were talking about Dynamic Islands, Michael. Let's get a bit more on what Dynamic Island is from the Apple event and, and maybe get a better understanding of how it will actually work. We've designed this new space to be highly adaptive so it can fluidly expand into different shapes using uniquely crafted animations and transitions. So now, when you receive an alert, the dynamic island expands to notify you. Our ambition is to clearly convey the information and present content and controls without distracting from the app you're in. This works across the entire system for things like confirming your AirPods are connected, muting, or starting a charge. So, yeah, I mean, there's, um, you know, there's obviously benefit to it. There's value in it being there, <laughs> I guess. It's going to have uh, some, some you know, interesting uses. I am, like you, intrigued, Michael, as to how it works with voiceover, uh, especially because it is a shape-shifting thing. Um, it's not going to be something that's going to be easy to get to. It's the only way, I think, to get to it will be explored by touch. And actually, if it's as quick as the demonstrations are making out, you may not even know it's happening. Unless there's a special even- gesture. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, unless there's a special gesture that they add to iOS 16 on this specific phone that mm. would allow you to read the contents within the dynamic island. It seems to, it me, to, like me, to, to me to be just like a, a notification area, right? It's just like almost, yes, it's interactive, but it's only interactive if you want to interact with it. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how they're going to make this work with voiceover, because to me, it seems like it might not even be a useful feature if you're not using the screen. Mm. Well, 
is it like just putting a widget up towards the top and you would be able to flick to it, I wonder? Because it, it sounds a lot like the widget technology. No, I don't think it is. It I seems think it's, it's, it's separate. It seems to float. And I think the way I would, I think it's going to show up like notifications, which means that the focus of voiceover would go straight to it. Mm. Uh, which maybe yeah. isn't a bad thing, but that could be irritating. So if you've constantly got stuff going on, um, you know you know what it's like. You're reading an email and suddenly a notification comes in and it pauses <laughs> whatever it's reading and then starts reading out the notification. It's like, you know, uh, your last will and testament from uh, Marco Flalo. Uh, and then it cuts in saying, Marco Flalo texts you to say, don't read my... That's one of the testament I'm just saying. You know, um, you know, which actually that's quite useful in fairness. But, you know, it doesn't then go back and continue reading the email. That's the problem. So you kind of have to go back to the start and figure your way out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- these things all look great, but how useful will they be? And clearly this is not an optional feature, right? It's part of the design of the Pro lineup. So that will be interesting to test. I think that's the only thing I'm a little bit nervous about. And it's the only excuse I have for pre-ordering the 14 Pro. Not the Max. I didn't go for the Max. I went for the 14 Pro. So there you go. Well, I appreciate you doing that so I can hear how this works. And I don't just for you. Buy it first. It was yeah. just yeah, for you. Yeah, there you Michael. go. There you go. Of course it is. <laughs> but why, why Why? only on the pros, though? Why is that? Why do they only do that for the pros? And also, the I have differ- to mention. Differentiator. Yeah. And I have to mention the other 14 Pro feature. We, we uh, broke this news yesterday on the show uh, of the startup chime, which is something that a lot of blind people have been looking for for a long time. A lot of people don't know their iPhone is even switched on. Um, they, they hold in that power button. They have to wait and wait and wait and hope that, you know, voiceover will start speaking. Um, and if they don't get that response, they might think something's wrong. And of course, how long do you wait before voiceover kicks up? You know, for example, after an update. So now they've added this startup chime, but only for some reason to the Pro models, not the 14s. That, that doesn't make I, any I sense. Got, I got nothing could, on that. It's weird. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, they're saying... Have I we mean, heard the, this? Have I heard this anywhere yet? Uh, the startup chime. Yeah. Have we heard the startup chime yet on the show? Um, I, I, <laughs> I have no way of playing it in here, but I do have it. Uh, it's fair. I mean, it's literally just a bing. I mean, it's nothing particularly exciting, but, uh-huh. you know, it's... Um, but it is useful. It is going to be useful. And actually, again, and this is a, this is my argument often about um, inclusion cough sometimes comes at the cost of exclusion. So, mm. you know, where we've got startup chime, uh, there's no vibration. So deaf people wouldn't know that it was turned on. And again, these are simple things they could add. I mean, you're not telling me this needs to have an A17 bionic processor in order to manage, you know, to bring in a startup sound, right? So, you know, I mean, I, I wanted the Mac one. You know, I want that. I want that to kick in <laughs> right off the bat. I want a chorus of angels to tell me my iPhone is turned on. Is that too much to ask? Clearly, it is. I think. I think it is, Stephen. I think it is. Um, shall we talk? Shall we move on? Because we're talking about the iPhones, of course. The iPhone 14 Pros—they're all available now. Um, we'll let you know how we got on when Mark available gets it. Available to order now. Yeah, we're available to order. Yeah. When do you get yours? Twenty third. Yeah. Is that when they show up? No, 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 no. The uh, the Pro Max are the sixteenth and. Uh, oh. The, the only one that is uh, the 23rd is the 14 plus, I believe. No, the oh, 14 yeah, plus is yeah, October. For some reason, that's a little bit later. Yeah, let me, let, you know what, let me pull up this exactly. That way we can, we, we make sure our, our facts are correct. Because I know the, uh, the on, Pro what? Max are, are next week. When do, when do we start doing facts are correct? Is that a new thing here? I, I don't it's remember. It's something I like to anything. do. I something a new feature I want to introduce to the show. Okay. Uh, so the <laughs> the 14 Pro and the Pro Max are uh, are September 16th. So okay. that's the 14 Pro and the Pro Max. Uh, just double checking that. Yeah, we're good. Pro Pro Max on the 14th on the uh, 16th, and the Plus. I'm getting there. I swear. I swear. I'm getting there. Uh, the 14. I feel my internet is slow, and it's been slow as the past two days. I think everyone's pre-ordering iPhones. That's the problem. The website so the 14 is available problems. on the 16th as well, and the 14 plus on October the 7th. That is so strange. I know. And then AirPods on the 23rd. Like it, it, there's got to be some kind of manufacturing thing going on there. They just uh, can, don't we have talk, can we talk? Apple yet. watches? We'll go to a break in a minute, but just before we we go, maybe we'll tee up some talk about Apple watches. Apple Watch 8, Series 8 is out, uh, and of course the new Apple Watch SE for children and people who can't be bothered to buy a real Apple Watch. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, is there anything new in here? I mean, there's a temperature sensor, um, which makes three guys uh, on, on, on a podcast it, nervous thing, about women's it, issues, but there we go. It's not, so it was, Something was brought to my attention here. 
it's a temperature sensor. It's not a thermometer, right? So it can change. It can detect the change in temperature, mm-hmm. but it can't actually take your current temperature. It'll know if something changed, but it won't actually give you your current body temperature. Important distinguishing fact, especially health wise, because they they highlighted it when they were talking about tracking women's cycles, mm. and that's where the temperature change matters, but not an actual thermometer. Interesting. I'm wondering why that is, or why that language is that way. And what that feature came in last do? year, right? The the period tracking came in last year. This yeah, year, the cycle is. tracking the, the, came in last year, and yeah. now they're enhancing it. Yeah. Yeah, cycle tracking came last year, but this year brings the temperature monitoring, which. I don't know if that's directly tied to cycle tracking or if anyone can use that and capture that data. Because that's something nice about the Apple Watch is it's always capturing data. You might not know what you're going to do with it right now, but it's available if you have to go to your physician to, to get things checked out. You have that data because you've been tracking it in the background. So is anyone interested in a Series 8 watch? Does anyone want this? I mean, really, what were, what were the upgrades other than that sensor? Was there anything new? I mean, a little bit more battery life, perhaps? Slightly faster processor, nothing majorly yeah, exciting. That's pretty right? much it, right? I mean, that's if you've got a series seven, you don't need to upgrade, do you? I'm on a six, and I don't even see the desired upgrade to the eight. The ultra, maybe, uh, but not the not the eight. Well, well, we'll get to the ultra. I promise you, we'll get to the ultra because oh yeah, I want to talk about the ultra. All right, that is uh, incredible. Uh, shall we learn for the, you know so that we as three guys here sitting talking about um, women's problems uh, don't sound completely ridiculous like I just did. Um, let's hear from an expert, someone who actually knows about this stuff. This was uh, at the event we had from uh, one of the, the people at Apple talking about how these new uh, features will work, the new temperature sensor, and how it will benefit uh, women in the future. Utilizing the new temperature sensor in Apple Watch Series 8, you can now receive a retrospective estimate of when you ovulated. Series 8 has a unique two-sensor design. There's one temperature sensor on the back crystal near your skin and another just under the display. This design improves accuracy by reducing bias from the outside environment. Nighttime wrist temperature can be a good indicator of overall body temperature because while you sleep, your blood vessels dilate, increasing blood flow to your limbs. Overnight, Series 8 samples your wrist temperature every five seconds, and it can detect changes as small as 0.1 degrees Celsius. In the Health app, you'll be able to see nightly shifts from your baseline temperature, which can be caused by things like exercise, jet lag, alcohol, or illness. But tracking temperature changes is even more useful for those who ovulate, because cyclical patterns can reveal the biphasic shift. The biphasic shift is an increase in body temperature that occurs in response to changing hormones, and it can indicate ovulation. So, yeah, I mean, and if you understand any of that, you're a better person than me. But sounds good. I like it. I'm I'm not going to buy one, by the way. I don't need it. I'm going to tell you what I've bought later anyway. Uh, And it's not that one. Oh, I I know what you've bought. Yeah. And the SE, who cares? If you get kids, buy it. And don't buy them an iPhone. Just, you know, because then they get access to Facebook and Twitter and terrible internet. There you or go. if Problem you're an solved. Android user, you can use the SE. Oh. Because mm. you can have someone set it up as a family member, and then you still get the pleasant Apple Watch experience, which is what we've thought about doing, and then I pick my iPhone back up and not the Pixel. So you can, you can give your child a decent watch and a terrible mm-hmm. phone experience. Excellent. And track or, or you like can have a decent watch and a terrible <laughs> phone experience if you want. Uh, stick around. We've got lots more to talk about as we continue reviewing the Apple event with Marco Flalo and Michael Babcock today on Double Tap. Listen daily from noon Eastern on AMI-audio or search for Double Tap in your favorite app. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, this is Double Tab with uh, me, Stephen Scott. Hello, uh, Marco Flalo is also here. Michael Babcock, AMI contributor, is also here. Michael, tell us a bit about you, what you do. Uh, what, what what are you? What do you do? What? Why are you here? <laughs> that is a, that's a question that I've been trying to answer forever. If, if we come to the answer, I'd love it. No, I am a contributor on Kelly & Company on Mondays at 11, 10 a.m. Pacific time. I'm quickly doing math to realize that that's 2, 10 p.m. Eastern, and I'm not going to do the math for uh, the U.K. I also am a uh, customer service representative for for AT Guys, um, so that's been 
an adventure. I am a big brother who takes responsibility of my little brothers. Utilizing the new temperature sensor and Apple Watch. I'm utilizing the new temperature sensor. Yeah, yeah. That, is that your role in life now, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, that brings us on to the... what happens when Stephen Scott controls things. Exactly. It's so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. And, you know, we're doing this on video as well. So you've got visually impaired guy doing TV, uh, radio. It is, honestly, it is multimedia in here, Michael. But anyway, it's good to find out about you. And thank you for joining us. Um, so let's uh, let's talk more about uh, Apple products. The next one I want to focus on is, oh, of course. Oh, so, so, so Apple products. Who cares? Oh, you, how dare you? What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the best day ever. Uh, so Apple Watch Ultra Edition. Ultra. I feel like I should have one of those big Rob voices doing Ultra Edition. Um, yeah, I hate the name, if I'm being perfectly honest. But... I like the sound of the watch. Uh, we're talking, of course, rugged. We're talking really pronounced buttons. Extra button, extra button, big action button. And a whole pile of other stuff as well. Um, Michael, your thoughts on the Apple Watch Ultra and what you've learned. So I'm so I'm on the Apple Watch 6. I was not interested by the Apple Watch 8. I was definitely interested in the, interested in the Apple Watch Ultra and even more interested when I realized it was $200 cheaper than what people thought it was. Although... Although, mm. put it in perspective, it's the same price as the iPhone 14. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> God bless perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do love the fact that it has two speakers on it, though. That really has me intrigued. And then the three microphone array, yep. hopefully it'll get some better quality. It, it already is pretty good quality out of the Apple Watch 6. I'm, I'm very interested to hear how the microphones sound on the Ultra. And that's all the things that make it, for me, a really cool accessibility feature and and feature set for people who might be interested in this or at least who are looking for the excuse to buy it uh, like I was um although I just didn't bother I just ordered one anyway but I honestly <laughs> I really am excited by this I think it, you know the size I don't think it's going to be that big that it's going to make a huge difference visually to me but I think there are some people out there who might benefit from it uh, you know a larger screen means that more of that large text can be shown up better um but, you know, will voiceover work on it? Of course. Is it going to be fast? Yes. Uh, battery life is going to be really impressive as well. There's lots of talk mm -hmm. about GPS. Uh, Mark, what, what are you finding out about this GPS news? Because by all accounts, it's going to be super accurate. Yeah, it's supposed to be extremely accurate because they have better sensors on board. I mean, this is an opportunity where they can, you know, minimize the components that are in there. And in this particular case, they don't even have to worry about that. They can use really precise components and they're taking advantage of advantage of the design of the watch with antennas and stuff like that around the screen, which is pretty cool. I mean, overall, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool looking watch. I think it's definitely an interesting iteration. I kind of laughed when they did the whole demonstration on scuba diving. Like I felt like almost there must be somebody at Apple that is into scuba diving and came up with an idea for this. And this is where it kind of came from because it does, it does reek of, you know, diver watch, you know, it's got the bolts on the bottom that are holding the case together. It, it's got that rugged kind of like, yeah, you know, I almost remember when James Cameron did that deep dive into the bottom of the ocean and Rolex had to make a super watch for him that had a glass that was like 17 inches thick, you know, pun intended, um, to, to, to work. This seems like it's really, really designed to, to, withstand everything that it could possibly come against which is pretty cool and i love the orange accents orange is just my color so we've got an orange accent on the side button the new side button on the left where you can program that which is very cool as well you can program that any way you want and, and on the actual crown there's a orange ring in there as well so uh, i'm looking forward to playing with this i'm just really curious to see how this stacks up size wise compared to what i'm used to which is the 45 millimeter, you know, series, series seven. It's the body of it. Is it, it going to be it? that much bigger? Yeah. Because the glass is 49 millimeters, but it's the actual body is going to make the whole thing feel so much bigger and, and chunkier. I bought it. Yeah, in how much heavier too? I bought it in screaming yellow. Um, oh. I don't think that's the official name of the color, but that's the one I'm going for. Um, and uh, that's what I uh, am all for. Uh, let, let's find out from Apple directly about the features that are in this uh, Apple Watch Ultra that make it stand out. Every detail has been engineered to create the most rugged and capable Apple Watch ever. It starts with a case made from aerospace-grade titanium that strikes the perfect balance of weight, durability, and corrosion resistance. The titanium case extends up to surround the flat sapphire front crystal, protecting it from edge impacts that can occur during extreme activities. And at the center of the 49 millimeter case is our biggest, brightest display ever in Apple Watch. 
making it easier to read in the harshest sunlight. We also added a new button, the action button, in high contrast international orange. It's customizable and gives users quick physical control for a range of functions. The digital crown has a larger diameter and coarser grooves, and the side button stands proud of the case, both designed to be used while wearing gloves. And the audio system excels when you're out in the elements. We added a second speaker for increased volume. Three strategically placed microphones and advanced software help ensure voice clarity on calls, even in windy conditions. And for maximum connectivity and communication, cellular is built into every Apple Watch Ultra. Oh, every bit of that is just like, yes, please, yes, yes, take my do, money. Do you need some alone time with that uh, that I promo? Think I might. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I must admit, I'm kind of hankering for room. this. I know. I've even bought the Screaming Orange, no, Screaming Yellow uh, case to go with my iPhone. You see, I want them to match. And oh, the great thing is, you, you see, be, being colorblind is great because I can just buy anything I like. Michael, you may have heard the story of me talking about the time I took my Apple Watch in. While I was in Canada, actually, took my uh, Apple Watch into, well, I went into the Apple store and I mentioned to uh, one of the salespeople that I had a lovely blue Apple Watch and was told very <laughs> quickly, uh, you know, that's not blue, right? It's black. And I'm like, is it really? And then I ended up buying a blue watch because I'm shallow that way. <laughs> So yeah, that know. was a trip that you bought like seven watches and then returned them the next. I day returned them all them cheaper yeah. online. Yeah, because yeah, there was yeah. a sale on at home. Because actually, the Queen was <laughs> because of the Queen. I can thank the Queen for that. My Apple Watch was made cheaper because of her jubilee at the time. So we got some money off the watches, and I thought, screw this. So I took them all back and uh, saved a fortune. Uh, but anyway, yes, GPS is the other big story. Um, and, and you know, who better than Apple to explain how this GPS will work and and why it's apparently more accurate. It's designed to help you explore the most extreme and remote locations. From freezing cold mountains at minus 20 degrees Celsius to the blazing desert heat at 55 degrees Celsius or 130 degrees Fahrenheit. When navigating in the backcountry, a compass is an essential tool. So we completely redesigned the Compass app with new precision views and added capabilities. The orienteering view includes compass waypoints to mark a position, like the location of the trailhead or your tent, and they can be quickly added using the action button. And if you get lost or disoriented, Backtrack uses GPS data to create a path of where you've been so you can easily retrace your steps. And it turns on automatically in the background when you go off the grid, just in case. Now, that's interesting because it says it turns on automatically when you go off the grid. I kind of want it to do that all the time. I kind of want it to be aware of where I am so that if I get lost, it'll, uh, you know, I can just press a button on my Apple Watch and it'll just take me back. That is a brilliant feature. That really is one of these features that is just made for people who are not very well, very good with directions to be able to literally trace your steps back. I mean, this we're going to have a whole new version of, you know, Hansel and Gretel coming up. It's going to be the the 2020 (laughs) edition of, uh, well, we left our breadcrumbs down, but thankfully I had my Apple Watch Ultra so I could get back and not get eaten by the way, uh, you know. Is that that on HBO Max? Is It It sounds like that kind of thing would show up. Coming soon to Netflix. Coming soon to Netflix. Uh, Michael, what's your take on this? If yeah, I would be interested if third-party app developers could could leverage this technology because there could be some interesting O&M or orientation and mobility uh, advantages to this if someone could pre-program a route that your watch would be able to follow with semi-decent accuracy and you have the confidence of knowing, oh, my watch will definitely help me get to this location so I can focus on traveling with my cane or with my dog. We've been talking a lot over the past week or so about GPS. It's come up in conversation time after time with our audience about the inaccuracy of GPS and that we are often looking for another method. I mean, Ira (laughs) is a good example of that, right? Where, you know, I have that ability to have someone in my ear who's able to see where I am and then plot my direction, plot my travel, get me to where I'm going safely uh, and have that knowledge that I'm not relying on the map and relying on... essentially driving directions to get me where I'm going. I'm standing in the middle of a, of a highway, which is not ideal. So, you know, GPS is, is okay. Um, the one thing that came up with the Apple Watch Ultra, and I think I'm right in saying this with the Apple Watch Ultra, was not just when you're uh, traveling, say, in, I don't know, the middle of a mountain somewhere, 
Uh, but actually, well, certainly not inside a mountain. I don't think that's a good idea. But also, <laughs> when you're in a city, right, and you don't get great coverage, and you don't get, I, mean, I imagine a city like New York must not great get great GPS signal at, at ground level, right? So, you know, this apparently is leveraging this new technology. They talk about L1 and L5 with GPS. I don't know what that means. I don't know either if you do. Um because, you know, it sounds to me like, oh, good. I mean, I, I like more numbers, so L5 sounds good. Does that mean I get, you know, closer to the ground accuracy on GPS? Is that what that's about? So L1 signal is the oldest GPS signal that exists out there. So it has two parts. It's got uh, what's called the course acquisition code and the precision code. So one is the P code, which is the precision goes is meant for military use, whereas the C is what we if you ever think back to when GPS started getting popular, they always told us it wasn't 100 percent accurate because it wasn't what the military uses, but it was pretty close to it. L5 is the latest generation GPS signal. It has a, it operates on like the thousand megahertz frequency um, and it's one of the most advanced. So using those two, it gives you extremely precise accuracy. It's made for like safety and recovery and it's it's going to eventually it's it's now only getting being used for civilian use it was used in military for a very long time so and by the way yes i am reading this you know, but i'm glad you are because <laughs> i must admit I, I don't i don't know much about this stuff and it, it, you know and they just throw out these the elf 1 elf 5 and i'm like oh cool i've got l5 what does that mean no idea but it sounds good uh, michael what about you what do you use to get around with gps or do you use gps I need to get out more as is what I need to do. This technology thing has has got me to where I just sit on my rear end and do what I need to do for work. But when I do go out, I use Google Maps for the most part. I don't really use Apple Maps that much. And then I use Ira uh, quite regularly to be able to just call in and say, hey, where what do you see around me? Because you are at your destination really means your destination is across the road and down the block halfway. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. It's, 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 I've often talked about the, the last 10 yards problem. I once went yep. to a, a Starbucks in Edinburgh, or capital city of Scotland, and uh, I got directions to it. And it said, you've arrived. And I thought, great. And I'm feeling along a brick wall thinking, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> and um, I, I, I ended up having to call the Starbucks to say, hi, um, so I believe I'm outside your building. Can you give me a hand? I'm trying to find a way in. And the lady came out and she said, oh, yeah, I see you. You're standing at a brick wall. We're across the street. <laughs> and that was it, you know, because it, it wasn't telling me it was over there. You know, it was just over, literally all across the street. So, you know, that can so be the problem. So then you find the crosswalk. Yeah. Well, that's another story, right? Um, and again, you know, I think the, the other joy, of course, of having a, the smartphone, I mean, the Apple Watch is one thing, but having the smartphone, something like Ira as well, although not exclusively Ira, uh, there are other applications that do this. Um, I mean, even I, I've, my, my wife's just recently got the Envision glasses and she's been talking about the fact that on those you can find the traffic lights. So, you know, that will help you locate those. That's using AI to do that, which is really smart. Um, so it's this combination. It's the toolbox thing again, right? All these different tools that we need to have to be able to to get around and do what we need to do. It's not just one thing. Uh, Mark, did you pre-order the Ultra? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I was the, as soon as it was available, I ordered that. I'm really looking forward to this one. I, you know, I feel like the watch hasn't really changed much since it came out. Yeah, it's gotten a little bit bigger and a little bit beefier and you know, better screen and a little bit faster. But this is a, you know, I, I like standing out a bit. I love the fact that it still works with the existing larger bands, so the 44 and 45 uh, millimeter Apple Watch bands. It wasn't, you know, a whole new ecosystem of bands that you had to worry about. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this. This is fun. I love technology. I love playing with stuff like this. So the back, I'm gonna play with the backtrack and it, it just have some fun with it you won't find me getting lost in the woods i promise you because i won't go into the woods unless my drone happens to crash there then we have a different story but i i definitely pre-ordered this one and i'm this one comes out we get this the 23rd i believe so uh all these things are just going to trickle in my way i tell you you know and i'm not leaving the um least exciting announcement to the end um maybe i am i don't know I, maybe you guys are, are more obsessed about this than than i am um, but yes, AirPods tr- 2 has been announced, uh, not AirPods True. Well, that, I guess, would be kind of cool for a sound product. True Sound. Uh, I think someone else has done that already. Wasn't that Sonos? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, that was, I think it was taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so AirPods. Now, look, audio's king in our world, Michael. So um, are you excited about these? 
I am. This is the the one thing that I'm super excited about, actually. I just got introduced to the AirPod Pros line around holiday of last year when my wife bought a pair and said, hey, try these out. You'll love them. And then we ended up buying four pairs because I needed some for the boys and I wanted some. And they make great Christmas presents. But the problem that I have is I often am doing nine different things at once. So I'll just set my AirPods case down, walk away with AirPods in my ears and then not be able to find my case or my phone. So we <laughs> did to solve that problem is we put this big bulky rubber case around my case and there's a spot for an air tag which is great because you can be able to find the airpod case when you set it down and lose it by either pinging it or using the find my app and directional location on your iphone i would love a speaker in my airpods case so i can be able to just push a button from my phone listen to where it is and then even more importantly the speaker on the airpods pro case will tell you if it's charging so instead of having to hope that i plugged in the lightning cable all the way i will know with audible feedback yep your airpods case is charging that way next time i i am actually out and about my airpods will work as i expect them to yeah let's let's get a bit more on that from apple's event we have also added a speaker to the bottom of the case to help you find it by playing louder tones. And the speaker will indicate pairing, low battery, and when charging has started. To make charging easier, in addition to the lightning cable, you can now use your Apple Watch charger, as well as MagSafe for other Qi compatible chargers. And with the addition of a lanyard loop to the side of the case, your AirPods Pro will always be within reach. Uh, and also at lanyards sold separately uh, by all accounts. Of course. For You're not getting them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think it's made by Apple. I think it was InCase who make them. But um, yeah, it, but yeah, this is good. And I think the speaker thing is good. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to that. Even just the fact that it makes the noise when it charges up again, you know, just adding that audible feedback. I'm sure some would like some vibration feedback as well. But, you know, maybe in that case, there's a light as well. I don't know if there is, but maybe there's a light that turns on somewhere. So that could be good, I guess. Um, Mark, are you excited about these? I, you know, I, I'm excited for the people that can wear them in their ears without them falling out. I always have a problem with AirPods. They've never stayed in my ears. I've tried really hard to enjoy them, but I don't. I'm excited for the technology to make its way to, like, the Beats Fit Pro, which is the ones that really I really enjoy. Yeah. And I know that the technology eventually trickles its way down there. I do have a question for you, Stephen, because you and I talked about this off the air a bit in terms of being able to track lost AirPods. Mm. Now, you told is it true that you can right now you can make individual airpods make a sound when you lose them yeah because you or is that something no i've been able to do that yeah how do you do it because i I, i've I've yet to be able to figure out how to make an individual one start yelling at me because that's what happens my wife loses one all the time happens to be the left one i don't know what it is about the left one that she always loses (laughs) i've replaced it three times (laughs) go for it michael so so now you asked me how to do it. I'm trying to remember how exactly. Do I know, I'm, I'm trying to remember as well, because I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've done it. But you, you can. Uh-huh. So, because what's cool is, of course, it's got the speaker in it. So it's making that beep noise. You can find it. Well, and it also gives you that warning. Don't do this if it's in your ear. Are you sure it's not oh, in your yes. ear? Yes. Really? <laughs> That's right. Okay, I got yeah. fi- to find this yeah. feature because I didn't know it existed. And I'm looking forward to it existing. I actually have a lot yeah. of people who have asked me how to do that. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to ask Stephen. So this, you know what, Stephen, make a note. Sean of the Shed okay. episode. I think it's, Sean of the Shed episode. I think it's part of the Sean Find My Network. Um, so, so you might have to do it from her phone, not from your phone. I don't know if that makes a difference. I, I'm sure it does make a difference. I'll check it out on her phone afterwards. I, I just got to actually take the time to do it. I figured I'd have a shortcut by asking you guys, but clearly. Oh, no, no. We, we will get the answer to you. We will get the answer. We'll oh, will we? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. well, yeah. yeah. I'm that's, sure, yeah. That's, I think a lot of people probably wonder that as well. Uh, and how many times? I mean, look, once they fall out your ear, if you're blind, right, they're, they're gone. That's it. You may as well just forget it. If there's no sighted help around, the dog's going to eat it before anything else. So, you know. Steven, oh, that's one way of finding it. Do you watch at night? Uh, my watch at No, I don't. No. Okay, so I wear my watch at night, and so I charge it up in the evenings, and then I put it on at night so I can get that sleep tracking. And one thing she mentioned towards the end of the video, which is kind of big, because now I will never not have a charged AirPod case, and that is I can just take my Apple Watch off the charger, throw that charger on the AirPods case, and then that's always charged first thing in the morning. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I just want to mention before we go, just one uh, final feature, which I think is really good, especially perhaps for those with autism. Uh, and, you know, especially for blind people who get freaked out by loud noises, uh, is this new adaptive transparency feature. Let's hear more about that. 
When you want to be connected to the world around you, there's transparency mode. With the power of H2, we're taking this experience to the next level with adaptive transparency, which dynamically reduces the volume of harsh environmental noise like heavy construction. This is made possible because it processes at 48,000 times per second to react instantaneously to any high decibel noise you are exposed to. I mean, that is just incredible, isn't it, that it's able to do that? It reminds me of a pair of headphones that I I saw years and years ago that were meant for people who were in the construction business and or in uh, like people going to shooting ranges. You know, mm-hmm. cops use this a lot and people who are hunting use it a lot where you can literally keep a, a pair, you know, pair of headphones, I mean, I speak headphones in, <laughs> converse with people around you. But the second you pull that, you know, pull a, you know, a trigger on a gun, it immediately protects your ear. That, you know, the coolest thing about that was the, the latency, the time at which it takes to not only detect the sound, but then duck it accordingly. That's insane. Like the, yeah. the fact that the technology in an AirPod can do that is absolutely insane and i'm looking forward to taking that and playing with that one so you you were saying through the week you might want to take me to a shooting range to try this so you want to shoot guns near my head just to see if this works just to see if it works and if it doesn't well i mean you don't need that sense (laughs) yeah who needs ears um no because i I asked that because uh, greg in pennsylvania wrote in this week saying that i should be the one to test car crash detection uh, feature. Uh, so, for example, yeah, totally. Being totally. in a car during a crash, um, and then j- basically just to find out if the notification automatically reads out, it looks like you've been in a crash <laughs> with voiceover. Um, oh god! I have to say, it does seem a little bit excessive, but um, yeah, I don't think my listeners. We could simulate you it, like Stephen. Me. We could simulate it. That would be better. Yeah, and can we put something yeah. else in the car? Well, it's not me. That would be no, nice. no, we'll just a like throw you off. Like, well, you could jump off the second floor into like a garbage bin and we'll take a sledgehammer and we'll, we'll figure something out. Oh, I, I can't wait. I am so excited. I literally cannot hide it. Uh, listen, keep in touch with us. Uh, tell us your thoughts as we go. Feedback at ami.ca. Call us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. You can find us across social media as well at Double Tap On Air. Uh, that is it for us today. Michael Babcock, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate it. And Mark, we'll catch you again next week. And uh, don't forget, we're back Monday with more Double Tap. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.